It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome uh, to another edition of the Wolfpacker podcast. I'm here, Matt Carter. We got a great guest that we'll be bringing on here in just a second. Well, he's already technically here, but <laughs> uh, before I introduce him, uh, let me shoot out a couple of reminders and kind of get um, this out of the way here. But first, um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to it. Uh, we're getting close to 2,000 followers, which is, which is nice for us um, in many ways. So please keep doing that. We're getting close. Um, also, be sure to um, subscribe to this podcast wherever you may listen to your podcast Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to them please rate and review it leave a comment, preferably a nice comment or if you have something bad to say direct it to just not me <laughs> who you direct it to just, just not me uh, be sure to check out our site we're on three, I'm wearing the hat today mainly because I, um, my hair doesn't look too good right now so um <laughs> No, no offense to my guest, Um We got a special deal, $29.99 through August. So I've, I've been saying that the deals have not been as good as the previous deal. So you're going to be reaching a point where there is no more deals to be had. So um, take advantage of it while you can. Last but not least, we have some great sponsors here at thewolfpacker.com and our podcast at rogueshop.com. Um, if you uh, suffer from some anxiety or sleep deprivation or chronic pain, these are natural supplement, um, cannabis products, which are legal. And you can um, go to their website, rogueshop.com. They have a real live human being chat feature. It's a small, small company, a husband and wife team run it. The husband's a disabled veteran who discovered these products to help with some of his chronic pains. And he's a, just a true, honest believer in them. Um, they're on our message board as well. If you have some questions, they've been answering questions from our subscribers. So please check them out. They're, they're a great uh, small business. I think we all love supporting small businesses when we can. So, all right. I got that done in two minutes and 15 seconds. That is like <laughs> record freaking time. So let's get right to it. Uh, I guess he's one of our friends of the podcast. I've known him ever since he was a tight end at Jack Britt High School in Fayetteville. Uh, you now know him on the ACC Network and ESPN, and he's also got an awesome podcast with Kelly Gramlich and McLean. It's the podcast, they had um, our good buddy Jeff Gravely was on yeah. talking about our entry state, so be sure to check that one out. I think that one dropped on Friday, right? That's right. That's right. Just came out this Friday, this past Friday. All right. So, uh, with that, Eric McLean is uh, joining us. Eric is a, a proud new father. We were talking about that before the show, but Eric, if you want to brag about your little little one a little bit here before we get started, feel free. Yeah, no doubt, Matt. Well, thank you for having me, man. Always a, a pleasure to join you and, and be a part of this podcast to Wolfpack Nation, a uh, special place in my heart. And yeah, man, fatherhood has been unbelievable. You know, you and I were chopping it up and, and just talking about the different things and, and just how you can love someone so much that, you know, you barely know and they don't know you at all. And, you know, they just have that full trust and, and you're raising this child. And uh, man, my wife has been a rock star. It's been awesome to see her, you know, just go through motherhood and, and, you know, 
never done it before. Don't know. And uh, it's just such a natural and it's super cool for me to be kind of, you know, behind the scenes and helping where I can. And then just seeing that growth of not only the child, but her as a mom too. So it's been really cool, really cool for me. And that's a veteran move, thanking the mom and <laughs> right away. That was very impressive. My man. <laughs> on your part. So, all right, I'm going to open it up with this question, put some context on it too. So uh, preseason top 10 for NC State. You know, we kind of talked about them. Maybe you and I were on this podcast previewing them. I asked you, could they be this last year's UNC, I think was the way I phrased mm-hmm. the question. Um, ended up eight and five. But they also had to start four quarterbacks for multiple games, not just one, but multi- each of them started multiple games. They lost some other key guys on offense along the way. And I think uh, David Hale was the one that pointed out they actually played one of the toughest schedules in terms mm-hmm. of teams that were bowl eligible with winning records. Texas Tech ended up being a good team. East Carolina ended up uh, beating Coastal Carolina in a bowl game. And Florida State ended up being borderline top 10. Um, North Carolina ended up being a nine-win team. So, why this season, in your mind, for NC State, you got on one end disappointment, failure, on the other end, considering everything that's success, and then you got in between. I think everybody's going to say in between. But what would you put this season for NC State? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think, you know, when you when you work for a conference network and, and you can be as intimate with, you know, those schools as, as we can be, and, and there's 14 teams that, man, we really lock in on and, and know the ins and outs, I think that that gives me a little bit more ability to be on the other side of that spectrum where you, where you lean in, you, you understand why things happen because context is important and, uh, you know, why things happen is important. Um, but from a national and from a big dog standpoint, you just see, okay, here's what we thought was going to happen. Here's what happened. Disappointing, you know, and, and let down and, and certainly so, but like I said, having the knowledge that I do of the program, understanding that there has never ever been a team that started four quarterbacks that got eight wins. I mean, we've never seen that happen in college football before. And so knowing that, knowing the schedule, knowing some other key injuries at you know, really random times, the run game just depleted with injury and, and really not being able to, you know, get anything going there. It makes you think, okay, well, you know, this team did pretty good given all circumstances and, and beating their rival at the end of the year. I mean, a massive game, you know, to, to beat the Tar Heels. And I know that that felt very good. So for me, man, I, I think there certainly is, you know, that what could have, should have, would have been type season. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think this team really flexed their their muscles with grit, with teamwork, with understanding and, and camaraderie that a lot of other programs would have folded and, and would not have been to, able to accomplish the things that NC State did. So I do have to tip my hat to, to what they were able to do this season, given everything that happened. Did any part of it – I mean, the injuries you mentioned played a big role. And I think one of the things that surprised me – with that I underestimated going into the year. We knew a Mecca and Medzi was a big question mark. Who replaced right. that? Right? <laughs> right. That was the security blanket for Devin Lee. Literally, he throws it up and a Mecca and Medzi would get it. Yeah. Uh, but I think I underestimated with the loss of Bam Knight. And you mm-hmm. go to see him, you know, having game uh, and with the Jets in the NFL. I think he ran for 90 yards in one game. And then the loss of Demi Sumo 
I remember when Dave Dorn was on your podcast talking about <laughs> Timmy Fumo. We're just like, who's that? What are you talking about, Coach? <laughs> and, and you know Dave. He's not one to hype up no. individual. I mean, when he speaks like that, you know he's, he's saying, I think he even said, that's just going to be a guy college football fans are going to get to know. Yep. And you lost him really about three or four games into the year. I think that's what surprised me. Maybe I underestimated the loss of Bam Knight. Mm-hmm. and the impact that would have on the running game. Is there anything that surprised you, but even before the quarterback situation started snowballing, why, why is NC State struggling with East Carolina? Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, I do think that, you know, Devin, you know, it was obviously a very short and small sample size because of the injury that, that occurred in the Florida State game fairly early, but he just – he didn't really look himself, you know, to start the season. I didn't think until the Clemson game um you know a top 10 matchup death valley game day you know everything you could ever want um i didn't think he really looked himself into that game and it just you know nc state got down and he was just like i gotta rip it i gotta go like we have to do something and he did and it looked really really nice and then you know we, we saw that carry over to the florida state game until the injury and it was just weird how I, i'm not sure if it was pressure and expectation and now that you're the guy and everybody's looking at you everyone's talking about you know these awards and your preseason ACC player of the year you know that that's tough and and especially when you're a program that is very comfortable in the underdog role very comfortable when they're disrespected when they have this chip on their shoulder it's a weird spot for you to be in when people are saying this might be a dark horse playoff team it's a weird spot for you how do I handle those type of, of things and expectation. And so maybe that creeped in, you know, a little bit. And it's a learning curve. You know, it's something that, you know, I don't, I don't think in recent memory that, that Coach Doran or this staff has, you know, had to deal with when all that expectation that was placed upon them this season. So that's that's something he can put in his coaching belt now, that, that maybe he saw things that he can correct or, or maybe, you know, little things. And, and again, the injuries that, that added up were insurmountable at the end of the day and they found ways. But – those early kind of games where you're just like, mm, this doesn't look like maybe what I thought it would, that that was a little bit, you know, concerning. When you look at the offense, too, do you think that was missing guys more than thought? Not just, you know, Icky Aquanu, too. Let's not forget him. You, know, you lose him at left tackle. I mean, you <laughs> lost some really, really good players on offense. Did you think that maybe they were trying too much to maybe just manage games on offense, not turning it loose, relying on defense and Christopher Dunn and special teams? Yeah, you you know, I I do think that that has kind of been a thing I've seen on social media, you know, fans complaining about instead of being aggressive, you know, just just hanging on, you know, not not necessarily losing a game, but not going out there and dominating or not going out there and winning. And, again, I I think when you look at this team and you look at their strengths – Defense and special teams were absurd. I mean, that, that was one of, if not the best defense in the ACC, when you look at yardage and, and points, you know, allowed and the things that they're able to do confuse you and, man, have some just absolute ball players that, you know, that I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit later, but looking at what that defense is going to be next year and and thank God Peyton Wilson's coming back because, you know, there, there's so many people leaving. Um, so, yeah, I think that it's, it can be frustrating, you know, at times, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what works for you. You got to do what you're comfortable, but I am very interested. And I keep getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry. I'm just so excited to talk about this NC state pack. Um, I am excited to see what it looks like, you know, with this new, you know, offensive coordinator coming in and and the things that coach and I is going to do and and the complexity of it, you know, coach Dorn, we, we asked him on the podcast, 
when uh, you guys were playing in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, said, you know, what, what does coach and I bring to the table? And he said, I love that we were multiple on defense for so many years. I love that we've been kind of this beast that's hard to prepare for. Now that's what we're going to be on offense as well. And so I, I am excited. That's a great point that you bring up to how is that going to morph into the let's go, let's go, let's go, and really get this thing going offensively. And I think what you just said is music, by the way, to entry State fans' <laughs> ears that, that Dave Dorn talked about that. And, and we will talk a lot about Robert and I in a second. I do have one question about the defense to ask you. Uh, I had a vote. Uh, Drake Thomas was my ACC defensive player of the year. So can you explain to me how he didn't even make first team all ACC this year? It's, it's, it's baffling. He, he was my number one overall linebacker. Um, and, and when I see – he wasn't there, and it's uh, – I don't know, man. I don't know what people are looking at. Actually, I do. You know, too many times, and this is this is like a, an epidemic in voting all over the place. Like, it, yeah. it's terrible. People go to the stat sheet. They look and see, oh, this guy had 140 tackles. He must have been really good, which there's no question that he's not. But at the end of the day, you have to take all that with a grain of salt. You have to understand that it's not just – how did they impact the game? How did they change the game? How were they have to, you know, offensive coordinators had to scheme against them and know, hey, where's 32? We got to know. We, we're not running it towards them. We're not throwing it towards them. Um, how, how can we do that? So I, I thought that that was a real shame. And, you know, I, I know that that's just only going to fuel Drake even more. Um, but, hey, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. You got a, you got an honorable mention for Clemson that's an All-American uh, with the AP. So it's just. I do wonder. Yeah. I, you know how I about voting. <laughs> I spent – I wondered about that. You know what? I spent literally like hours over two days. I would spend like an hour on a position group and then I had to take a break, you know, because I felt like the responsibility and it kind of – Exactly, fun. exactly. I appreciate that you do that. Yeah, and then you see your list and you're like, did some people just literally like Sunday morning, an hour before the deadline, just look at the stats? And what, you're just know. like, why did I spend all this time for no reason? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, how about the, the the defense this year? We knew they were going to be good, but yeah, to be to be expected to be good is one thing, but it, it, it's an accomplishment to actually live up mm-hmm. to those expectations. I felt like NC State defense was able to maybe I didn't in a game or two. In hindsight, that may have been DJ's um, big big game for Clemson was against <laughs> NC State defense this year, and you kind of wonder how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean. You know, bowl game against a potential future NFL quarterback. You held him to 16 points. Held Drake May in check. I mean, they really did did their part this year. Yeah, no, it, it was it was extremely impressive. I think the only team in the country that, that didn't give up more than 30 points or one of very few that were able to accomplish that. And, yeah, just what NC State does. I mean, it, it's tricky. You know, they, they throw some different looks at you, that multiple look, which is – Again, you have to have experience and, and very smart players to be able to do that. And, you know, when you have that core of, you know, Isaiah Moore, Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson, Tanner Engel, Baker Williams, all these guys that, you know, just are kind of around that football at kind of that second and third level that just get it and they can disguise things. They're going to hide it, you know, what they're able to do. And, man, they, they did it to a super high level. And it was fun to watch, you know, each and every game and, and to see some elevated play from – you know, the guys on the defensive line, I thought that was going to be a question mark spot. And, you know, some guys stepped up and, and played admirably. And, and you know, I think that just as a whole, 
and I forget the young man's name, forgive me, but the corner that, you know, he elevated himself. And, and I think he was, he was either first or second team, all yeah, ACC. White. Yeah. White that came out of nowhere. And, and you know, at the, the beginning of the season, you maybe think it's, it's another guy. And then white just, I mean, he balls out every Saturday. He, he's just being tested and one-on-one -on -one matchups and he's, he's thriving. So, you know, to, to see what this defense is, is going to be now, what they're going to be this year when you're losing just unbelievable leadership, unbelievable playing ability, effort, production. Again, I'm very happy that Peyton's coming back because he can kind of be that, you know, nucleus that spreads out. And I know there's some other younger guys that are ready and that maybe have gotten some opportunity with injuries and things like that. But it's going to be a whole new group out there. And uh, we're going to be looking at our roster cards. Who, who is that? Who's out there? And get familiar with them. But, you know, there's no question that, that you know, Coach is – He's ready. He's a mastermind and got that massive contract, which is great. Keep him around. And, you know, I'm excited to see, again, those battles of, you know, being exotic offensively, exotic defensively, and, you know, just how hard now is NC State to prepare for each and every week. Yeah, the guy I think they might really miss on defense, and I'm curious what you think here. Tanner Engel and his yeah. ability. I mean, you, you an offensive lineman. What would you think when a guy like Tanner Engel, probably like 5'10", 180 when you see him? On a good day. On a good day. <laughs> coming at you and then hits you like that. I mean, it. He he's a unique breed at safety. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he's going to be a guy, I think, and to maybe underestimate how much they might miss just his mentality and physicality. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe, maybe the average fan, man, but not me. I, I know. I, I know how much he means. And just being around a couple practices, you know, I had the privilege of going and, and seeing those guys and just how vocal he is as a leader, his tenacity, his passion for the game, how hard – I mean, he's an old-school player. I mean, he he would – it's crazy to think he, he'd probably be even better, you know, 12, 15 years ago where he could just take you out. I mean, when there's no targeting rules and, you know, he can just change the game with one hit. Um and I think that, man, he, he really changed his game. I remember three years ago, he couldn't stay in a game. You know, he, he targeting. I mean, he had like seven targeting penalties in one year, just kept getting kicked out. But he was able to stay aggressive within the rules, really have an impact as a leader. And, yeah, there's no question, man. He, he's going to be severely missed, you know, in that community and, and on that defense. Uh, let's talk back to the uh, offense here, kind of looking ahead a little bit. I mean, we got – unfortunately, we have like seven months – Try to talk about all this stuff, but um, first of all, you mentioned Robert and I, and the that was what stood out to me yeah. the creativity it seems like that he brings, at least with formations and motions. Mm -hmm. And this year at Syracuse, he was getting a Ronde Gatson in different spots because he knew that was their primary weapon in the passing game, so it didn't make sense to line him up in one place, and right? You move him up, moving around. You saw him at Virginia too, um. I guess in a nutshell, how would you describe Robert and I offensively? And what what can NC State maybe expect? Is it going to be a big difference? Yeah, well, I think there's no question it's going to be a big difference just because when you talk about how to describe an eye, I mean, he, he is a offensive genius. I mean, he really is. And, and we, we use the word mad scientist a lot for defensive coordinators. I think that's fair to use here, too, just because of his creativity, the, the multiple looks, the – the best thing that that he does is he's going to get his playmakers in one-on-one -on -one matchups. It doesn't matter if you're a tight end, a wide receiver, slot guy, outside guy, running back. He's going to find ways to put you in a position to win. And 
I think that's what, you know, NC State fans can be so excited about, that, that he's going to take those weapons. And, you know, when I, I think of Houston as a pass catcher, man, he, he's going to be highlighted. He, he's going to be used. He might be split out, motion in, in, motion out, get him on a linebacker, get him on a slower guy, and, and let's work. Let's go in space. And, you know, so when I, when I think of the, you know, weapons that NC State has and, and Penix, another guy, I mean, let's get him in space and let's figure out how to use him. I mean, we saw, you mentioned Aronde Gadsden, we saw him lined up at a true H-back. We saw him lined up out wide. We saw him in the backfield as a running back and sneak out for a little, you know, rail or wheel route for a touchdown. Um, you, you're just going to have to know where those guys are. And we'll see somebody emerge. I mean, we'll find, you know, a couple of favorites, especially with a new quarterback, the you know, work that Brendan Armstrong is going to have to put in with these guys. If, if ultimately he becomes quarterback number one, which I just assume, um, you know, th there's going to be somebody that's the guy and coach is going to find ways. And you mentioned those motions, those formations. He, he's very creative. He, he'll overload you with extra offensive linemen. They're going to find a way. But I think maybe the most important thing that he has to do, just because I think it fits the the culture of NC State, the history the, the, the fan base, but the team is establish the run. We have to get the run going at, at all costs. And, and I know health and you got to be lucky to, to be able to do that sometimes, but that's going to be a really, really big piece. And I think Brennan can add that with his legs. I think MJ Morris can add that with his legs, but also, you know, getting Demi back healthy, Houston healthy, and then, you know, a couple other guys. I think they maybe have a transfer or two coming in, um, you know, just getting ready and, and getting going. Yeah, um, you mentioned Brandon Armstrong. Do you have like a cheat sheet to figure out where all the ACC quarterbacks went? <laughs> Sadly, it's just this this brain that may or may not have CTE, all the hitting I've done. It's hard, man. When, when those guys start switching uniforms, you're just like connecting the dots. Where are they? <laughs> it was a weird year with quarterbacks in the because We were all hyping the quarterbacks. We were hyping Devin Leary. We were hyping Brandon Armstrong, Sam Hartman, <clears throat> Tyler Van Dyke. All these guys were getting tremendously hyped. I think only Hartman ended up having a a good year, and even his year maybe wasn't as good as it was. You know, he had a couple of games with just a massive turnover. <laughs> um, and that it ended up being guys like Drake May and Jordan Travis kind of elevating towards the uh, top of the ACC. But I wanted to ask about Armstrong because obviously with and I, he had one of the greatest statistical years you could ever see this past right. year without an eye, the numbers weren't pretty. Uh, I think it was like seven touchdowns. I don't have the top of my head. I think it was seven right. touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You, you saw a lot more. I didn't, NC State didn't play Virginia, so I didn't have to see Virginia this year. What, what happened? To yeah. Armstrong? And, and if you were that better man, what do you think, what kind of Brennan Armstrong will see at NC State? Yeah, you, you know, I, I think what is interesting about it is there was a system change. There were it was dramatic. I mean, it, it was it was very different from what they did. Um, but also, he he just didn't have any help like he did the year before, and it was the same guys. That's what's even more confusing is the drop percentage that that Virginia had this year. I think was the worst in the country, um, and, and it just it killed drives. It killed momentum. It couldn't get anything going. Uh, with those guys stalling things out. And, I mean, you're talking about wide-open touchdowns just right through his hands, you know, hitting the guy in the face. And, you know, it was a, a very strange thing to, to see, you know, what all went went on there offensively. Um, and, and I just have to think that that's going to be an anomaly. I just have to think that, 
he's going to get back right. He's going to be in a system that obviously very comfortable with um, and, and just thrive. Now, certainly NC State's, you know, playmakers have to catch the ball, have to do their thing <laughs> necessary, but I, I just think that, that they will. And, uh, you know, so for me, man, I'm excited about it. I, I did find the move a little bit interesting, and, and I went back and forth with it just because you have – you know, and you didn't ask me this, but you have such a, a young, promising guy in MJ Morse that probably you included, we all thought was going to be the future very quick. And we're like, man, okay, we've got this for the next three years. And then NC State goes out and gets, you know, a guy in the portal. Um, I Now that I've, I've really sat on it and able to think, I, I think it ultimately, if MJ can, can ride it out, I think it'll be the best thing for him because you're going to be able to have all this time to learn under not only a, a offensive genius in an eye, but also a, a quarterback who has been in that system and understands it and can help you understand. Um, and I know Brennan's not come here to, to play, you know, quarterback coach, but he's going to help him and he's going to help him figure it out. But also just having that time to develop and get in the complexity of this system, I think will be great for MJ. He'll have two years, go ball out one if he wants to do that. And uh, so I, I think the situation's a really good spot for everybody involved. How much do you think about that? I'm, I'm assuming, you know, that they're going to give him a competition. I think they owe that to MJ and also Ben Finley. Mm -hmm. He did beat Carolina for you. Right. But I think that automatically earns you a spot at NC State as a potential <laughs> starter. But um, it's just the fact that when Robert and I say says something on the field, Brennan's going to know what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, in football, you have terminology and mm -hmm. different coaches have different ways of saying things. The fact that Brennan knows what Robert and I is talking about versus yeah. MJ and Ben are trying to remember. Exactly. He's, this is what he means when he said that. How much of an advantage would that be for Brennan when it comes to thinking about who would be the starting quarterback? Yeah, it, it's huge. It's huge. And that's why I'm just, you know, on this bridge of, of assuming it's going to be Brennan because, uh, again, this, this is not going to be an easy thing. I mean, MJ and Ben – are going to have to put in a lot of hours by themselves with each other outside of just, you know, normal practice and film to understand this. It, it's a lot. And there's a lot of responsibility on the quarterback with the formations, with the motions, understanding where guys are going to be. Um, and, and again, that, it's a good and bad thing because obviously there's a learning curve, but ultimately you're very tough to defend. And, and like I said, having that time where, you know, they can, they can sit or, or be on a, you know, less involved role if there's some packages for MJ because I think he is, you know, talented enough. You don't want him just sitting on the sideline. Um, you know, it gives you time to, to figure all that out. Hey, wait, what's interesting uh, for those who do not know is I did confirm that actually MJ Moore did end up registering him. Oh, you. good. Great. I was interested in that. Yeah, we come confusing about whether or not he played. He played in five games, I think. Uh, well. Yeah. The rule was supposed to be four, but apparently there was some leeway this year with some of the rules and the bowl and the waiver. I don't know, but hey, who knows, man? It's, it's whatever you want. It's whatever you want nowadays. Just put a waiver in and you'll get it. <laughs> but he listed as a red shirt freshman, and I confirmed that wasn't a typo or a mistake. Um, which means the reason I bring that up is that means you can actually, as we talked about, have a package for MJ without worrying about, okay, we got to cut it off now so we can keep his red shirt. Right. And he can get more experience um, at game dictate. Obviously, everything dictated by the actual, sure. actual game. But let's move defense. No Drake Thomas, no Isaiah Moore, no Tanner Engel, uh, no Cyrus Fagan. Mm -hmm. 
No Corey Doden. <laughs> a lot going away. <laughs> um, but Peyton Wilson coming back, I think, is a big a big starting point, obviously. Mm -hmm. for you mentioned Aiden White, Shaheen Battle, the other corner announced he was coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, what should I guess NC State? They've been spoiled for two straight years <laughs> defensively, and sometimes you forget, you know. So, you know, what – what would you say fair to think? I mean, it's not going to be as good. It just can't be. I mean, that's just realistic. You're not going to replace all those guys yeah. collectively with somebody or people just as good. So how much of a drop-off you think would be realistic? Yeah, I think it's it, it's certainly – I think it's certainly going to be a step backwards. It's just how big is that step? And again, that's just natural. I'm not, I'm not saying that there aren't talented guys. I'm not saying there aren't very talented coaches because there are. Uh, but you just lost some some generational type guys. I mean, and, and I know NC State has a, a long lineage of of great linebackers, and and there's there's certainly a bunch sprinkled throughout the history. But those three there at the same time. I mean, that's, that's got to be one of the best rooms ever. And, and so when you lose two of them, um, you know, you, you naturally are just going to gonna have some drop-off there. But, again, I mentioned that because of the injuries that happened and, you know, I, I think last year when we – or two years ago, however you want to look at it, when we saw the injuries to Peyton and to Isaiah, Drake was forced into a much different role where he had to be vocal. He had to be the star of the show. He had to do all these things. And at that same time – other guys got opportunities. Other guys had to fill in too and and build up. So I, I certainly think there's a really nice foundation to, you know, where again, outsiders, people that don't know this program as intimately, they probably are going to think it's going to be a steep drop off, but I, I don't think that's the case. I do think it'll be a step backwards, at least to start. Um, but certainly when you have two great corners like that coming back, the, the ability that they can have to take away sides of the field or parts of the field to then, okay, you have more time as a pass rusher to get home. You have more time when you're blitzing, you know, to, to get home there. So it, it's just going to look obviously different. Um, and I do think, think it'll take some time, but at the end of the day, that this team right now that we've seen, you know, these last seven, eight years, 10 years, um, it's built off of defense and it's built off of having that tenacity over there. And again, coach Gibson, the things that he's been able to do, uh, the expectation is not going to go away. You know, we, we expect fully for this defense to, to figure it out and, and to still be one of the best in the ACC. And they will get put to the test very early as we found out, <laughs> confirmed this week that uh, you can't get rid of Sam Hartman, no matter how hard you try. You <laughs> I can promise you this, Matt. This will be the last time you ever see him. I can promise you that. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. It may may. <laughs> I, I know Notre Dame might be on the schedule next year, and Hartman, yeah. may, heaven forbid, you know, break an ankle in Game Three and, and get it right. as a sixth, a seventh year, a seventh yeah. year somehow. <laughs> um, but they'll have to figure it out in a hurry because Notre Dame <laughs> is their home opener uh, for NC State next year uh, after they start the year at Connecticut. So, um, are y'all doing a show, by the way, to announce the football schedule on January? We are on, on the thirtieth. Um, so I will actually be. I'm going to be a part of the XFL coverage this spring, so I will not be on that show. I'm very sad because we have a we have a big meeting in Texas that I'll be at, uh, so I won't be there. I'm super sad about, it. but yeah, we're we're going to release the schedules, have a full show. I'm sure there'll be some interviews, some coaches on there. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be fun to get that thing rolling and 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 unleash with the new, you know, no divisions and new Thank schedule God. model and. 
all kinds of stuff. So I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I'm I, I, every NC State fan is thanking the good Lord that divisions are uh, no longer <laughs> That's right. in existence. But that was going to be my very last question for you. <laughs> Obviously, we got eight months to figure this out. But in those way too early look at it, it seemed to me. Florida State is a very trendy choice right now to kind of be the team to watch in the yep. ACC. A lot of people think that maybe uh, Cade Klumnik at, at Clemson, I hope I pronounced that right, will be kind of the next guy up. Maybe Clemson will obviously still be a factor at the top. Um, UNC will obviously have Drake May, mm-hmm. a, a generational talent at quarterback. Is that kind of the early – Trendy top three, you would think, yeah. or or am I missing somebody? Yeah, you, you know what's interesting, and and the the more that I've kind of jumped into this, and, and you look at the teams, and you look at you know just holistically who has less problems, <laughs> who has you know more kind of certainties. Um, I certainly think Clemson is is the, the the team to beat until proven otherwise, like they were a year ago. Um, I think with the new coordinator hire, I think Clemson is going to be very dangerous. Um, with, with just the things that they're going to do. FSU is, and I, I've been, you know, it, it's hard, right? Because I, I work for this network and I love this conference and, and I love all these teams, but th- there is a little bit of a prove it to me thing with, with FSU right now because there's a lot of excitement, big brand, a lot of players back. I totally get that. But when you play teams that maybe you weren't supposed to beat, you lost. When you played ranked teams last year, you lost. And, and so to me right now, it's great that there's all that excitement and all that brand and, and everything, but you still have to go do it on the field. You, you still have to win the games that matter. Um, you know, when, when you look at their last stretch, which it was incredible, um, I, I don't know if they played a team with a winning record, you know, to, to do all those things. And, and so there, there is still this, this piece to me with Florida State that you've got to go do it on the field, but certainly a lot of excitement there. My third team right now, man, I think is Duke. You know, I love their quarterback. I love Riley Leonard. I love their coach and the things they were able to do. Defense, I mean, they went from giving up 41 points a game to 20 points a game in, in a year. I mean, yeah. that is incredible turnaround, incredible buildup. You look at their strength of schedule, it, it wasn't as great either. So what is that going to look like, you know, this next season when they play, you know, Clemson at home, they welcome other couple of people to, to Durham there. Um, and then I think that that, that tier that I'm, I'm throwing Duke in as well, when you look at Carolina, you look at you guys, you look at Pittsburgh, um, I, I think that's where the in, where the ACC can flex our muscles. That's where we can say it's been Clemson and everybody else for so long. Now there's this other tier that is emerging that that's been my big, biggest criticism. We have to have that. We have to have when you go out of conference, kind of similar to what we did this year, and I'll put Wake Forest in that as well. I think Mitch Griffiths is going to be ready to roll. Um, I, I think that that is – that's important. You know, when you go out and play, you know, other conferences, you go out and fly that flag, you've got to get W's. And we were able to do that a handful of times this year. So to me, man, there's so much promise for the league. There's the exciting factor that there is no divisions. We're going to have the best two teams at the end of the day in Charlotte. Who knows? Maybe we're fighting for, you know, multiple college football playoff spots. I think that's the dream at the end of the day. I guess I would go out. Miami might be a wild card, right? Because you just don't. I just don't know, man. I, I'm, I've been so bullish on them, and, and then now they, they've got to prove it big time on the field. Right. I mean, I'm not giving Miami any hype. I, I've got to see it. I've got to see it with my own eyes, and then once it happens, we'll we'll celebrate and talk about it. But I just, 
They've got a ways to go, man. They've got a ways to go. Well, and then a transfer portal can totally change everybody. That's right. That's right. We're finding that out in basketball. If you're an NC State basketball fan, I guess I got one more question with Eric. Uh, NC State, UNC are playing Saturday. I don't know if I've got this podcast up before then. So you'll either look like a genius or not. <laughs> in Chapel Hill, basketball game, NC State, UNC, who do you got? I Listen, NC State has the highest score in the league right now, playing at a super high level. I think the Wolfpack go in and get it done, man. I think that the, the Tar Heels are tired of seeing all that red. They do it in football. Now they're going to do it in basketball. All right. We'll see. Let's see. I, 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 my, I got recent history bias in the fact that that's right. I told somebody that uh, every time I go to Dean Dome, I leave covering a loss with uh, they feed you Bojangles normally over there. So I have like Bojangle crumbs and covering a loss is what I usually end, end up with. So, Heck of a combination. <laughs> Eric, I appreciate uh, so much for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Mac Lane. That's all one word. Be sure to listen to the podcast that dropped on Friday with uh, Jeff Gravely, kind of talking about NC State. And um, I'm just seeing now, there's just some pretty sweet Rock'em socks. Yeah, you know? come on. Get you some socks, baby. <laughs> uh, I wear them out really good. Um, <laughs> and then uh, just a reminder, please support our sponsor, RogueShop.com. Um, they are your natural cannabis needs, whether you have sleep deprivation, like Eric maybe with the <laughs> or chronic pain, like Eric may have from his football days. Or I need I need all of that stuff, man. Come on. <laughs> or general anxiety with the if you're a parent, that's like a uh, what I'm told is a 25 year. If you got all of that, listen. On a more serious note, if you have some of that stuff, you, you know, and nothing's been working, give the stuff stuff a try. Check them out on their website, rogueshop.com. Remind to follow us on Twitter at the Wolfpackers, YouTube at the Wolfpacker, Facebook at the Wolfpacker. It's pretty simple to remember. Um, so for Eric, I'm Matt. This has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.